Hey, listen. Do you want to find out more about tabletop and live role-playing games, but not too sure where to start? Do you want to play a lot of different role-playing systems, but don't have time to try them all? Do you want to listen to new and exciting adventures, but without the long, boring character creation episodes or filler story arcs? Well, you're in luck. Check out What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Available on the website, that's www.wairpodcast.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, adventures need not apply. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers, where theatrical people play roleplaying games. I'm Matt, I've been your compare for this studio production, and joining me backstage are our cast, returning players Josh. Hello! uh, And Strat. Hey, hey! Guest star Fiona. That's me! (laughs) And introducing, uh, at the end of her first season, Marta. Ta-da! We made it. We did make it. Well, first of all, thank you all for playing. I had a great time. Yes. Mm. Yes, that was good fun. And I want to start with you, Marta. This is your first official Merely Role Players production. Uh, Mm. How did you find it? Well, it was nerve-wracking and just horrible. It was horrible. I I regret to tell you that the nerve-wracking part doesn't go away. (laughs) Does it not? Oh, dear. Um, No, it it was wonderful. It was great fun. Very different to any kind of role playing game I've done before so it was challenging um and it was funny because where I thought it was going to go especially with my character where it ended up going very unexpected it was weird as well because I hate in these games I'm always very conscious about like keeping things balanced between all the characters and not taking up too much of the focus and I was like oh my god no please don't look at me (laughs) don't ask me questions I don't want to I don't want to say anything um but it was great fun, and I don't know, it felt, how should I put it? We were talking about this in between, se- uh, not the sessions, but in between the recording bits, how it's very narrative-oriented, and it was very much about crafting a story altogether, less about specific fights or, you know, what D&D usually is. And that really tickled my actoring. Actor? Actor burns? Oh, God, that sounded so much <laughs> better. <Espionization. laughs> As you're saying it and you're going, oh, no, (laughs) please stop talking. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much uh, for that. It was a wonderful, wonderful first experience. Thank you. Loved it. If the thing that was in your head was like, oh, no, don't look at me. Uh, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I'm sorry, we kind of made your character the yeah. chosen one. Yeah, you were the <laughs> chosen one. <laughs> I know. I, as it was happening, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not what I... I was going to be like the quiet, wallflowery, you know, interesting, mysterious, but mostly not present. And suddenly uh, snaps into action when there's a fight the Protagonist, yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, so I, I it did think not what, work out. 
we may have unintentionally done then in in, in that. And I I kind of love it because I was saying at the start, like nobody's playing the Nova. And I almost feel like what we just did then was the origin story of the Nova. Like there was this grand awakening throughout Mm. the galaxy and Riven was the first awakened Nova. And if that character were to come back, you could play a different playbook because now you've kind of gained like the achievement with the... uh, uh, with the space between, but like the reason no one was playing an over when we was that there were no novas at the start of this game. We just made them. Wow, that's so cool. I like that. Them. Yeah, that's that my fan theory. That's nice. <laughs> Very um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer when they awaken all the Slayers. Mm. Mm. So it's not just the one, but all of them, which is is great because it's like a weight off the shoulder. <laughs> Poor Buffy's like, look, <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> Anybody had any have any favourite moments from that? Well, my my definite favourite moment was having both uh, Strat and Josh play uh, Ma Callahan at different points in the story, but both having that same energy. And I, I and that game was obviously between you two as well. Oh, yeah. I, I just was brilliant. I I just made a note of that because I was like, that's really cool, and that's what I love about the system is that you can obviously hand over NPCs to other people, but the fact it was you two who had obviously set up as this this horrible person which you don't cross and yet both of your characters crossed her and yet both of you both also played her <laughs> so we also was amazing. crossed her in the same way like yeah. both of those scenes were the same we both just hung up on her <laughs> <laughs> that's her ultimate weakness apparently is being hung up on <laughs> yeah how do we all find that the the um the design of these games where we we share that what is traditionally the the game master responsibility some of us have played uh, Sleep Away before, which uses that kind of system. Marta, I know it was your time, your first time playing a system like this. How did everybody find it? Uh, it's it's a little overwhelming at first, I think, just because we're so conditioned when we play games like this to essentially settle down as players and wait for the DM or the GM to take us onto the next scene or to the next path and always to have a framework in mind. So being part of that, equal to every other player it takes a little bit of getting used to, to to begin with i think learning limitations within a game is kind of a bit mad because i'm always like right physically what could happen you know would this happen would that happen and ultimately you can kind of say what you want to as long as it fits within the structure of the game i think it just takes a little bit of getting used to playing mm. in that fashion yeah i think it's it's interesting online as well because mm-hmm. I guess, because obviously there's that little bit of delay and obviously people not talking over each other. But I think we've also been very good, like like we were saying before, like worrying about talking over each other or taking something. Like one thing I'm always conscious of is like, I have something, but I want to make sure other people get a chance because what I might do might derail stuff, which it, it kind of did. <laughs> like introducing this sort of this glyph character. But I just thought, actually, I want to make sure that other people get a chance because again, I think, and we're also quite good at it going, I wonder what Val's up to back in the spaceship. I wonder what Esco's up to. And being able to be like, okay, so we've had our bit we think it should be this person next. And they could easily say, oh, no, not for me this time. I'm still thinking, which I, I don't think we did this time. But it is just, again, is that's, it's my favourite word at the moment, is setting expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so this is, is going to happen. But don't worry about being awkward about it. Like, signposting is a part of this game. And it's, it's okay, because then everyone's like, oh, thank God. And you just normalise it as you go through. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that, like, in any role-playing game everybody in the group is both the performance and the audience. You know, you're performing it for each other and and for yourselves. But I think it's even more highlighted in in a system like this and exactly what you were just saying, Fiona, about the the power to say, or or like the, the enthusiasm to say, 
I'm really interested in what's happening to this other character right now. Please, can we hear from them? Yeah. I think exactly. is you know, it's us taking on the audience as well as the storyteller's role. Mm. I think it also allows you to help people out, uh, like lots to get people out of a situation by just making something happen. And I quite like the fact that you go, there's no one person that has done all that work to mm. figure out what's going to happen. And then you've got four other people that come blundering in and go, now we're going to go over here now it really is it comes together and anybody can kind of just throw in a curveball at any any moment it feels it feels far more organic than even the most loosely planned games where there is a single like gm very group mind isn't it like we'll come up with an element and then someone will add on to it and add on to it and obviously we we're all sort of as if you couldn't tell we're all very into sci-fi or know of sci-fi elements so stuff mm. like a hologram appears because literally at my moment i was like oh yeah a hologram should appear at this moment and then it did and it's the big bad and all that sort of thing and i thought that was great but at the same time like that moment uh strat when you were like and now the mandate appears and i was like no we were getting somewhere <laughs> but of course that's the perfect point where trouble's about to happen and i like that we can do that and by the end obviously we you know in general we you gel as a as a group and you can sort of see like the seeds of like, opportunity and what will make things work. And I also like how like the power that you kind of have as a player as well that you just wouldn't get in a normal game or and if mm. you kind of did it and you wouldn't be able to, you get to do things you wouldn't be able to do if you were kind of at the whim of a GM as well. But there's there's a sense of responsibility like like one of the favorite things I got to do was blow up the the ship, but at the same time I realized that when I was going into that, I was like, I have this cool plan. I want to use a MacGuffin to blow them all up. That would be cool. That's a classic sci-fi thing. I was also very aware at the start that I had gone into that situation by saying, "I'm going to start a fight. I can't win." Yes. I was like, "Oh, but I want to blow something up." And I went, <laughs> "Hang on, I can just have more stuff turn up. So <laughs> yeah, I can say, ha ha, I've won. Oh no." I haven't won. There are more ships. So I, I didn't have, like, you've got the, the power and the flexibility to say, I'm just going to borrow that pillar off you there, Josh. Lots of ships. <laughs> Another thing I love that I don't know whether it's just this group uh, or whether it is something that would happen to with any group playing uh, a game in this system that, like, um, when you just look at the system and and read all of the, the way the moves work and things, um, you could be tempted to think, like, the way a session is going to go is everybody makes lots of vulnerable moves at the start and then uses you know the second half of the session is going to be all strong moves to help solve the problems you've created but we were the temptation is very much still there to keep making vulnerable moves near the end of the session Mm -hmm. keep making problems yeah i just just might need that token just in case I honestly lost track of my tokens. I, I had to keep going back and being like, "What should should I? Am I am I okay to what, what's going on?" <laughs> to be fair, you you and Esco got a lot of tokens, so yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But um, you needed them for some of the crazy moves that you guys yeah. were trying to pull off. So it's totally fair that they you went your way. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you get to play a character, like a main character. You get to be a pillar or several pillars, depending on what's going on, and also characters within those pillars. It's like a it's like a really fine tuned balance because everyone is DMing, everyone is being a character, everyone's doing an NPC. You're trying to to it's like juggling fifteen balls mm. at the same time, mm-hmm. and it's both incredibly liberating and it's very it's very improv, isn't it? It's like yes yeah. and and keep building, and it's like if it goes well, I think ours did. It's super fun, 
Uh, but it's, uh, I was also, when we were playing and even before, I was like, this, there's also the pitfall of like keeping track of yeah. what you're building, of the structure mm. of what's going on, like knowing where you are and what someone else just did and also keeping the narrative moving and things interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot, but it's great because I think that's what makes a good game great mm. is when it, it, it asks a lot but gives a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think it's important that um, I think one of the things the game makes quite explicit in the rules is like and you know this is one of those kind of role-playing game rule zero things that most people don't spell out in the rules but that it makes a point of saying you don't have to speak in character like you could speak in character if you want or you can Mm. just narrate this is what the character is getting across you know you can speak in first person or third person like whatever helps you keep all of those things kind of organized in your head and oh, you know, mix respond and match. in the moment. <laughs> Keep jumping between them, yeah. use different voices. You know, that's <laughs> something that happens sometimes. I've heard in games. <laughs> Lingering questions. We created a lot of backstory and a lot of character connections. Uh, in a one shot, we were never going to cover it all. Mm. If we were to ever revisit this world, what are some of the burning questions that we would want answered? I guess for me would be what happened to um, Esco's mentor or mentee because mm-hmm. we saw mm-hmm. lots of echoes of this person, mm-hmm. but does that mean they have been absorbed into the space between that sort of weird sort of mycelin? Mm-hmm. I think in Star Trek uh, Discovery that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and they are part of this big network now, or is it just a ghost and something that's just Esco's put as a way to put them forward? Because that, that never really got answered. Like, you were dri- been driven on by this force, and that was sort of your connection to the ship. But For me, the thing I'd want to find out is the slight mis- the, the, the further mystery around Revan was because we came into this that she, sorry, they were, or at least they believed that they had been made, right, mm-hmm. and spliced mm-hmm. with this DNA and stuff. And by the end, I got the feeling that that was just a big old lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really they were just whatever this ancient civilization was and all these people had and and they had just been brought up being told that that is you're something completely different and as as they said like conditioned by the mandate so it kind of feels like that, that there's a, there's a whole like what it, what is that species like how did they get a hold of them An- another spicy strat head cannon <laughs> 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 no no that's true i think all the connections we ended up uh, ended up having to build <laughs> all those links like baldwin as well or when his family their place in this whole thing the twins that relationship your thing with the spy i'm like how did that happen tell me more i did not expect that from this character reunions would be amazing um confrontations um and i don't and i don't know this just it's so it's rife so like there's so much potential so many things um what else Val feels like I don't know I'd be interesting just as having played Revan first of all to get my pronouns right it's the first time playing a they them and I'm like come on it's not that difficult what are you doing but just like how the relationships between these characters have shifted because I I saw some things like beginning to bubble up and I was like oh this is very interesting (laughs) I want to see where it goes so yeah more about yeah, the, the sort of what we know from the backstory and some of these NPCs and people we've hinted at sort of mm. appearing fully, that would be very interesting, I think. Mm. And we, we, we didn't interact very much with the scum and villainy. 
So mm. I, I imagine there's a lot of kind of true, true. people in like people Val owes and mm. has double crossed and made bargains with that could definitely complicate life for this crew. Yeah. If, uh, if we went to a more civilized or perhaps uncivilized parts of space. Mm. Yeah, I feel like Val's connections are fast, like smaller, fr- like they're not mixed up with these these big yeah. galactic mm. wide issues. I felt very much like Val was just kind of being buffed along by forces very much greater than like that. That really they have no place in being part of at all, uh, and that his stuff's gonna would come out if it was more the kind of criminal stuff. It's mm. a, a different thing. It is like there's something bigger than you, but, and you just happen to be the right person with the right blaster at the right time. <laughs> it's just it's just the nature of the story that we decided to tell this time. You know, mm. if we had decided to focus more on scum and villainy, it was more to do with Val's history, and if we were going off and doing some, you know, some jobs or dealing with sort of, I guess, civilian level stories, as opposed to galaxy changing stories, which we yeah. decided to tell in the end, it would have been Head very on. different. Yeah, I, right. I would say that uh, on a sort of side note, now that obviously Ma Callahan has gone, I think every series or episode now it's the next Callahan that have gone up. Oh my goodness! So like Callahan the first, and we have different hairstyles and all that sort of thing. I just think they're a rotten family. Can I just say, <laughs> does anyone play Borderlands or yes, anything? yes? Do you play yes. the three? Yeah, it's like the Tront family. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All the trons come up. You killed uh, my brother. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Nope. <laughs> but I, I have a question, though, because obviously, obviously you had the uh, Baldwin as the original 16. So technically, would you be the 17th then? And you just I, happened to replace him. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you. Maybe he was the 15, or maybe they just thought that because it's a, a fraternal rather than a paternal um, mm. inheritance of the title, maybe they just said, well, you're on the same level of the family tree. We'll just pretend like Baldwin didn't exist. <gasps> and oh, you'll just brutal. become 16. Yeah. I, so my my regret with Baldwin is that I wish I hadn't picked such a silly derogatory name for a character that actually turned out to be quite important in the end. <laughs> I wish I'd given the poor bugger an actual name. That's the beauty of it, is realising like, oh God, it's actually key. And mm. we've just been neglecting it this whole time. So. I mm-hmm. just came to a realisation about this though. He's the older twin, right? So it means you were born at the same time, just he was born slightly sooner or earlier than you. Is the Olwyn Callahan the 16th? That's the full name. That's the 16th. So was that his name? And then they just gave it to you? Oh, I and then see. You, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. what you mean. I imagine it's an inherited name. That's I reckon like that Olwyn might have had a different, yeah, might have had a different name. Yeah, like a different, different birth, birth name. name. just inherited it. You just inherited Perhaps. it, so that's an interesting point yeah. as well. Mm. So you didn't just take the title and the sixteenth; you took you took the man's the name, name as well. Name, damning, that's harsh. No wonder he was dramatic. I know. <laughs> and and what does it all come down to? The fact that he just didn't have a good hairline. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. so 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 horrible. Political traditions in the galaxy are weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. I'm kind of. I was thinking about um, the, the, the role of the character and I was thinking if this turned into like a big space opera TV show that could span like generations, hundreds of years, I'd always have the same actor playing a the different Callahan <laughs> at win every single time and just oh. have a different hairstyle. Do you know what Amazing. I mean? So, so even like 200 years later, it's a descendant, but it's still the same actor. They've just Basically, got black I like that. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Space. I like you walk down a cor- the corridor of Callahan's and it's just the same person. Same hologram. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, that's oh. amazing. Even the women, or the non-genderless ones, it's the same face. 
<laughs> we we had we missed an opportunity naming his bot Baldrick or something like that. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> I feel like it's very reminiscent of everyone looking the same. It's like these two yeah. these two characters that keep repeating themselves. I do have to say though, with Val, it's really interesting the way you played him. I feel like I would love to see him in scum and villainy, like in his element, because mm-hmm. in the back of Ra- uh, Revan's mind, I was like, they're so not what I not pictured but like my experience of scum and villainy was very different and you seemed like a slightly eccentric but genuinely nice guy ish just you know and I was like how how did he survive how did how does he operate in that world that would be yeah I was just thinking mm. about it. Like, just charms his way through everything. You're like, but how? And but no one yeah, knows. How, how are you not dead in a ditch yeah. somewhere? Chooses his friends very carefully. Yeah. I think it also comes down to the yeah, the choose a look thing we did at the start. It's mm. laughing smile, finger on the trigger. He mm. will flamboyantly charm his way out of the situation if he can. But if not, pew, pew. I think, yeah, his, his flamboyance. But I mean, he quite happily and indeed gleefully blew up an entire ship full Agreed. of people. Yeah. Like, he may be like nice to your face, but the, I think the reason he has survived is that he like he's willing to do whatever it takes to survive. And, yeah. be, and because he's given up hope of getting out and not being that person, he can kind of do that stuff. Yep. A bit ruthless. We did realise, it's like, you just killed, you just killed one of our characters' mum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then had a happy dance about it. <laughs> well, on that note, while we're thinking about things that uh, that may come back to haunt us, let's let's wrap up this backstage episode there. Thank you all very much for playing uh, and for sticking around uh, backstage. And I hope we see you all on the show again soon. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank, Thank you for running it, Matt. It was awesome. Yeah. This has been The First Nova, a studio production from Merely Roleplayers, starring Matt Boothman as Esco Triff, Josh Yard as Olwyn Callahan the 16th, and Strat as Val Waldron, guest starring Fiona Howitt as Jodie Shute, and introducing Marta Da Silva as Revan. The theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst, and the episode was edited and produced by Matt Boothman. We were playing Galactic, a role-playing game by Riley Rathal. You can find Galactic and many other fine games at metagame.itch.io. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. Play on.